Welcome to the Strength Dignity Live podcast, where we equip and challenge young women to live the practicalities of biblical strength and dignity to influence the culture for God's glory. I'm your host, April Ortiz, and I welcome you to Strength and Dignity Live. Are you looking for a church and you don't know how to make that decision? In this episode of the Strength Dignity Life podcast, my guest and I are going to be answering the questions, what to look for in a statement of faith, how to make sure that the church that I'm at is right for me, and do I need a home church if I'm already involved in campus ministry? If you've ever asked those questions, then stick around for this episode of the College Survival Series. If this is your first time listening, I am your host, April Ortiz, and it's a pleasure for me to be able to speak into your listening ear. Every Tuesday, 7 p.m. California time, we drop new episodes. So if you don't want to miss out, make sure that you follow and hit subscribe so that you never miss the episode as soon as it drops. Also, follow us on Instagram, Strength Dignity Life. And if you like what you hear, share it on your social and don't forget to tag Strength Dignity Life. As I mentioned in the beginning, this idea of what do I look for in a church is one topic I get often from listeners and reminded me as I was thinking about that question when my daughter went off to college that the very first conversation that we had after she was already settled in was, mom, I need a church. What do I look for? And we went over the topics of what to look for in a statement of faith. But this is a question that some of you, like my daughter, you've been living with your parents all these years and grafted into their church and their relationship with Christ. And this is a brand new thing for you. And you're wondering, where do I start? What do I look for? And what do I do? And so for that reason, I decided to invite a friend of mine from back home, Mr. Chris Nutt, a pastor at Christ Community Church in El Centro. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey, you know what, as you were talking about your daughter and taking her off to school, you know what, I I would actually, before we even get into the questions, I might actually even suggest this to your listeners, Okay, is that when you're deciding where to go to college, I think one of the main things that you should consider is, is there a church near your college that you really feel called to and comfortable attending? And sometimes that's not on the top of the list. Yeah, you're looking yeah. at what your majors are. You're looking at what kind of shopping there is, what kind of restaurants there are, how close am I to the beach, how close yeah. am I to the mountains. And we forget that the most important in all of those is, am I going to be able to find a place, a body of believers that I can really plug in with, that I can feel comfortable with, where I can be challenged, stretched and grow. And I think that that's probably needs to be at the top of the list as you're considering if there's no church that you feel like you would want to be a part of in the area that you're considering go to college, just cross that one off the list and go to the next one until you find a church that is going to really support you spiritually while you're trying to get your education and get your foundation settled for your life. It's super important. Bro, when you're saying these things, okay. That information would have been useful to you four years ago. (laughs) Well, first of all, it would have been useful. But second of all, you're making it sound like like church and Jesus and God are so much more important than where I'm going to go off to school. It absolutely is. (laughs) Mind blown, right? And I mean, it's it's scriptural. It's straight out of the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus's lips himself. If you seek first his righteousness. (laughs) all of these other things will be added into you. And so just imagine how much better, maybe some of you are out there and the ship has already sailed, so to speak. And maybe some of you had a difficult experience in college, but you know what, how much better would that experience have been if you had really put the Lord first and said, I'm going to go, I'm going to look for a church that I can plug into even before I figure out where I can sign my name 
join these classes, right? Anyhow, it's not too late. There's still churches, I'm sure, Bible-believing churches in your area that you can get plugged into. And I'd be happy to answer some of those questions. But I just, right off the bat, for those of you who haven't made that commitment yet to go to a place of higher education, I think that the first thing you need to find before you make a decision on where to go is, is there a church there that is going to feed me spiritually? Bro, I feel like, okay, I love this. I love this. This is the setup and it's beautiful because what you're saying, I want to believe that you're going to unpack. Let's try. Yeah, because I think this is good. Yeah, you're saying you need to think the thing through. Okay, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we're talking about what to look for. How do I know if this church is right for me? So where do we start? How do we go about finding a church? They all sound good and everyone sounds like they love Jesus. (laughs) What's step one? Well, you know, today's day and age, it's a lot easier than it used to be because of the digital age. And so before you even step foot on a campus, before you you consider exactly where you're going to go to school, you can window shop, so to speak, a lot of these churches, their online services and see it, it would have been very difficult. If you're going to school four hours away, it'd be very difficult for you to drive four hours for four weeks and visit four different churches. That's not very practical, right? Because, I mean, you want to be there on Sunday for each of the churches. It's not very practical. But nowadays, it's very easy for you to watch a couple of services and you can get an idea for what their worship style is like. You might even be able to get an idea for what the dress code is like. But most importantly, you'll be able to get an idea of how solid their teaching is and whether or not you're feeling spiritually challenged by the teaching. And so I think that's the first place you start is their online presence. And what does their online presence look like? And that that doesn't mean that there aren't some really great solid churches that don't have an online presence because there absolutely are. But for practicality's sake, that's, I think, where you would want to start first, right? Is just to see what's their online presence like. Most online sites will have their statement of faith. It will have a, a few samples of what their services are like. It'll have some directions about what they believe, their mission statement, the outreach and ministry that they do in the community. All of those things should be available on most uh, mobile sites. That's good. Man, you threw out a lot of words that I definitely want to circle back in here. You said, I heard you say solid teaching. What the heck does that mean? You know what I mean? But before we get there, let's say I've been watching churches online. They look freaking hype. I love it. The worship is beast. Oh my gosh. I could see myself like in the mosh pit of the worship service. It looks awesome. And the preacher, he's just getting down and I'm like, yeah, preach it. Are those things that I should be paying attention to when I'm thinking about? Because usually mindset is, do they have good worship? And can I amen the pastor? Sure. Yeah, that's a part of it, right? But if you make your whole decision just based upon emotion or how you feel, sometimes our emotions can lead us astray, right? So somebody might be hitting all the right chords and hitting all the right notes, and they might know how to even manipulate you emotionally with their words. But if it's not solid biblical teaching, then really you don't want to be in that place. But there has to be a balance because you want to be somewhere where you're excited about going to church. Yeah. Right. That you're excited to be there. So you can have the most solid teaching in the world, but if it's not engaging you, if the pastor's not connecting with you, or if the worship isn't really leading you into God's presence, you're not going to want to be motivated to get up early on Sunday to make it there. Right. And so there's a balance that you have to strike. You need some of those things, but they can't be the most important. You have to look for all of it. So let's just go ahead and jump in because you keep saying it over and over again. And I want you to define for us, what is solid Bible teaching? How would I even know if I'm sitting in a solid Bible teaching church? I hear that word all the time, like a Bible believing church. What the heck does that mean? 
Break it down so, for us, bro. You know, well, there's a lot of churches, a lot of denominations that are maybe very liturgical. That word is a, a big fancy word for maybe saying like very religious. And they do certain things at certain times and they always do it this way. It's like their routine that they go into. And sometimes, and I'm not saying that this is in every liturgical church, but there are a lot of times where those traditions of man are elevated above the actual call to scripture. Okay. And so the, those things that they have just always done that this way, because this is the way they were taught. Sometimes those things can become almost like an idol and replace God's real teaching in the church. So what we mean by Bible believing church is you want to get into a church that, that is going to use the scripture that is going to be in the scripture that is going to be teaching God's word. And this might sound ridiculous to say April, but first things first is you want to make sure the pastor carries their Bible up to the pulpit with them. Because yes. there's a lot of churches that don't nowadays, and they this might have true. a couple of verses that they just use as a springboard. And so right off the bat, you can kind of tell the worship service is not going to be centered around Bible teaching if the pastor comes up to the pulpit without a Bible. Thank you for saying that, because there are churches that rather than teach, they preach. And I would love for you to tell us, is one good or bad or what? Bad is probably not the word. Um, well, like I said, you can find a motivational speaker that will charge you up emotionally, that will rally you. But if there's no real meat, spiritual meat in what they're teaching, you can leave that place feeling really good about yourself. But did you really have an encounter with God? Did your view and your vision of God really expand through what you learned there? And so preaching, there's nothing wrong with preaching. And again, there can be a great balance when the two are working in harmony, where you're able to challenge people and engage people with your words and with your stories and with your object lessons and your metaphors and your analogies. But it the, always has to come back around to the, the foundation being in God's word. Is this really from the scripture or is this guy telling me a bunch of stories and getting me to relate to him without relating to God? And that's what my concern is that there are a lot of maybe people out there that are in churches today where they connect with the pastor but the pastor's not really connecting them with God because they're not really in the word. Again, you can take a couple of verses here and there and you can build a sermon around it and people can leave feeling really great about themselves. But I'm not interested in making people feel really great about themselves. I'm interested in leading people into the presence of the Lord. Amen, bro. Woo. Yeah. So Y'all, if you haven't heard Chris preach, homeboys is as legit as you hear him speaking right now. I'm just throwing that out there. I've Praise known him for Lord. several years. <laughs> That's for real. So I think really you want to be in a church that is going to rightly divide the word of truth. That's out okay. of second Timothy chapter three. What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? Yeah. Break it down so, for us. So, yeah. Just like I said, you're not taking scriptures out of context and mm. using the Bible to, to support your theory or your hypothesis, but that you're letting God's word guide you into truth, right? You're not starting with truth and then saying, look, I can use the Bible to support my theory or to support my idea or to support my worldview, but you're taking the Bible and letting the Bible create in you what your worldview should be. It's dictating your thoughts. It's dictating your worldview. It's dictating your ideology, so to speak. You see yeah. the difference? And so uh, you want the Bible to be the foundation from which your mindset, those ideologies are birthed. You don't want to come up with the idea and then say, now, can I find some Bible verses to fit my idea? That's, that's easy. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of defining it already, but I want you to, to explain to us taking scripture out of context. First off, how would I even know if someone's taking scripture out of context? Sure. Yeah. In, in Acts chapter 17, the church was commended for being really studious because whatever Paul was saying, they went to the Bible and they said, does the Bible really say this? Okay. So if you're sitting under a teacher that's taking one verse here and there, 
you need to go to the those texts where they're taking them from and read what's before it and read what's after it to make mm. sure that verse is being brought in context. Because context does matter. Context is a part of that foundation. Because you can take one verse out and you can build a theory around that one verse, but it's really missing the heart of the matter that was really there in scripture. You have to have the full context in order to know what was actually trying to be communicated uh, by the author, but even more importantly than the author of the text that you're reading, the spirit of God that was giving them those words. You want to know what the intent was from the spirit, not just what this man or this, this woman's trying to say. So what I hear you saying is it's actually really important for us to read the Bible and to read it, I would even say in its entirety, right? Genesis to Revelation, so that that way we would be able to recognize whether or not something was being taken out of context. On top of that, I would say if you're a note taker, take notes of the scriptures that the pastor's preaching or teaching and do what Chris is saying. Go to the scripture, read before, read after, and test it. That's what this podcast is about. This particular episode talking about how do I figure out if this church is right for me? This is excellent. Uh, an excellent thing for you to do. Do your homework, y'all. You need to read the Bible. So whatever passage of scripture that they are preaching, I want to challenge you to read the entire passage, whatever, even if he's just teaching on one verse, read the entire passage so that that way you get the full view of what it is that's being said. Because sometimes, unfortunately, people are taking things out of context, in which case red flag, that's probably not a place that you need to be. So Chris, I thank you so much for breaking all that stuff down for us. I appreciate that. But let's talk now about a statement of faith. So looking for church and you go on their website and you see statement of faith. What are some things that we should look for within that statement of faith? So I think there, there should be a few things that they would be willing to define in the statement of faith. And if they haven't clearly defined their beliefs in certain areas, then that maybe is a red flag. And at the very least, it's a conversation that you'd want to have with the leadership or the pastor of the church to find out why they haven't clearly defined what their beliefs are in a certain area. So the first one would be who God is. And we, as in Bible-believing churches, believe in a triune God in the form of three persons that are one God and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So do they believe in the Trinity? Very important, right? Who is God to them? Second is who is Jesus to them? Right. Jesus in a Bible believing church, we believe that Jesus uh, is 100 percent God and 100 percent man. Right. That he is not a created being that he was with he in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Right. That he's always been there from the beginning, but that at some point in time that that word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So we want to look at the, the divinity or the deity of Christ, but also the humanity of Christ. Both of those things need to be present. Then even going a little further, when we think of Jesus, we want to make sure that the particular church that you're considering would confess that Jesus is savior of the world. And that by looking at the cross, that they believe in the crucifixion of Jesus being the payment for the sins of the world. And that the resurrection of Jesus actually did physically happen bodily, that there was a physical resurrection that happened because just like it was in the days of Jesus, there are churches today that deny a resurrection, right? So that Jesus rose from the dead, claiming victory over sin. Very important. The next thing that you really want to look into is what is their view on the Bible? Because the Bible, God's inerrant, which would be, that's a big fancy word that means without error. Word of God Mm -hmm. is the Bible also infallible, which means it's not going to fail, that it's going to come to pass, that everything that God has written is going to come to pass in his time. So those two words are very important, that God's word is inerrant, but also infallible. What's the role of the Holy Spirit? Do they believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the function of the Holy Spirit? And maybe this is an area where we don't have to, 
you know, really squabble over a whole lot. I know mm-hmm. some people are cessationists and don't believe in the gifts of the spirit. Some people are, but it, it, it's important to you if, if, if that the role of the Holy Spirit in the worship service and in the function of the church, if that's important for you, you want to make sure that the church you're going to aligns with your thoughts there, right? I think the the next one would be salvation. Very important. Salvation is not based upon works. It's not a works-based salvation that we can somehow earn our way to heaven, but that salvation is by God's grace through faith alone, right? I think that's yeah. important that we, we look at. And then finally, for, for some, looking at their eschatological beliefs, which means their beliefs on the end times. And what's going to happen in the future prophetically may be very important for some of you. Again, not issues that maybe we have to squabble over as much, but the main ones, who is God? Who is Jesus? Is Jesus Savior? How do they view the Bible? Okay. Uh, How do I get saved? Or how does a a person become saved? Those are really the ones that you really are going to have to pay careful attention to, because if you're not careful, you can end up in a cult that really isn't preaching the same Jesus that you believe that you're there to worship. Okay. Like, how do you know that? Because there are so many cults that say that they're Christians first that they say that they're Christians and that they believe in Jesus. So how do you really know whether or not that's what that's true? That's why it's important. That's why it's important to get people to really commit to what their statement of faith is, right? Because you and I can say Jesus and it can be complete. We can have completely different ideas. Even Muslims believe in Jesus. They believe he was a a good man, even maybe maybe some even a prophet, but do they believe that he is God in the flesh? No. Do they believe that he's the only begotten son of God? No. So right there, that's just one example. And there's so many different examples. And so you really have to be studious and look into what the statement of faith says for any church that you're considering going to, because it's just that important. You could be end up being in a church where you're not really worshiping the same Jesus at all. Wow. That's, that's kind of scary. You know what I mean? Kind of like, you know oh snap, and, am I in the wrong right place? <laughs> and here's the thing too. I, I hope that whoever's listening out there has a, a strong, solid enough relationship with someone at the church, maybe that they're leaving when they go off to, to college, that when they find maybe two or three different churches that they're considering, that they could go to someone in their church leadership and say, I'm considering these churches. Can you check out their statements of faith for me? Can you make sure that that this church is a safe church for me to go to? I think that it's a it's prudent for each of you to do that. Uh, you wouldn't want to look into somebody if they were going to come in and watch your kids, right? Or you want to like, give me some sort of reference here. Give me some sort of, I I need a recommendation from somebody. How much more so should parents do that when they're entrusting the spiritual well-being, the spiritual growth of their children, right? Into the hands of a church. So I, I think you just want to be able to do your due diligence. Yeah, for sure. Moving on from there, we've looked at the statement of faith. We kind of checked them out online and now we're there. Uh, What are some things that we should look for when we're actually in the physical church? I know I heard you mention in the beginning something about getting involved in community there or participating in the stuff that they're doing. So what are some things that we should look for? Yeah. So ironically, and this might sound a little different, a little different for people who are listening who are considering going to college. But I do think that one important factor when you're there and you're checking out a church is to see what the demographic is like. What I mean by that is, is I think that there should be people of all different demographics in the church in order for that church to really have a good indicator of health of the overall body. Okay. If you're there and everyone is much older than you, Maybe that's not a good place for you. Not that yeah. they're not doing a good work, not not that they're not preaching the right gospel, but maybe that's a, if you go and everyone is young people, yeah, maybe that's yeah. not even a place that you really want to be either. Even though it might feel exciting, you feel like I might have a lot in common with these people, but the scripture is clear in 
Titus, and I'd encourage you guys to go read that later in Titus, how that the young men should be looking to the older men as examples and that the older women should be discipling the younger women and teaching the younger women. And I think there needs to be a good variety, a good age range uh, in those demographics for it to be a really healthy church. And so in a lot of college towns, you go to these churches that are just geared solely towards college age people, right? And again, maybe there's a place for that. But are you going to be able to learn life lessons from those people? You're going to be doing life with those people, but are there some life lessons that you're going to be able to glean? And so I would maybe encourage that. I think another thing that you really want to, in order for you to check a box and say, man, this church is really a church that I feel called to you. You want to make sure that that you're being challenged by the teaching, by the message. And what I mean by that is that, that when you leave, it's not only that you learn something, but you're challenged to live it out. Now, what does this truth mean for me? Not just that I was able to gain some knowledge, but now I was challenged to apply this in my everyday life. And now because I sat in this hour and a half or two hour service, my life is going to change in some way. I'm going to be challenged to put feet to my faith. And this is going to come to life for me. I think that's very important. And then you mentioned it there. The third thing that I would really kind of look at if if I were going or if my children were going away to college, is there an outlet for them to be able to serve and to give away what God has poured into them? Because if you just, if there's no outlet, if you're just being ministered to and being poured into all of the time, uh, there's no real opportunity for growth. You hit a ceiling very quickly. And so what kind of outreach ministry, what kind of ministry opportunities, what kind of uh, a ministry can you get engaged in at this church? It also is an indicator that they believe uh, that evangelism is important, that other people should be saved yeah. as they are saved. So uh, those are three areas. Again, looking at before, d- does worship connect with me? That's important, but maybe not the most important. How do I feel when I'm there? Maybe not the most important. It's more, how do I feel when I leave? Do I feel challenged yeah. when I'm gone? Is the word challenging me throughout the week? Is it causing me to reflect upon my lifestyle and my choices and my decisions? And then am I given an opportunity to serve other people and to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to serve and to love others, to wash other people's feet the way the Lord called us to. Very cool. You mentioned it a little bit in what you just said right now, but I do want to touch on the fact there are a lot of students that have hit me up and they're like, do I really need to get involved in a church because I'm already part of an on-campus ministry? I consider it my church. Like these are my people. They get me. We're already doing so much. Do I really need to go to a Sunday morning service? Do I really need to get more involved in something else? What would you say to that? Yeah. Along the same lines that I just said, it's important to be around people that are different than you. And if you're just there with a bunch of people that are just the same, it doesn't mean that you can't spiritually grow there or that you can't be challenged there. But is it really a reflection of the body of Christ, the way that that Jesus would want us to engage in the body of Christ? And that would be my question and why I would challenge people to get involved in a church, an actual church, not just a parachurch and not just a campus ministry, uh, is because there's going to be amazing opportunities for you to glean from other people that are different than you, that have had different life experiences than you, rather than just people who are all going kind of through something similar in the same station of life, right? Because eventually you're going to be finished with college. Eventually, yes. you know, Lord willing, eventually you're going to get your degree. Eventually you're going to go yeah. on and get a career. And it's going to be very helpful for you to glean from and to learn from mm-hmm. people who are in a different stage of life. That's what it looks like to start a family. That's what it looks like to court someone or to work towards towards dating in a healthy way. That, that, that's what it looks like to raise your children. That's what it looks like to 
have children go off to college themselves. That's what it looks like to be in retirement age, that you can start learning what it looks like to be a believer in all of those stations of life, not just in college. Very cool. I want to throw this out to you. So due to the pandemic, so many of us have gotten used to watching church online. I know we're talking about how to choose a church and getting involved in the church. And I believe that there's a value in being able to access the church community, which I was going to throw a plug because y'all, if you haven't heard Chris Nunn speak, you should probably hear him. Homeboy lays it down every single time. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) <laughs> but but it would be so easy for us to say, you know what? I love my, I miss my church back home. And all I want to do yeah. is just be a part of that. And I don't want to miss out. You know, I got FOMO for my church back home. Sure, so what, yeah. what would you say in regards? My thing is you can have both and it's not mm. an either or. Okay. Right. And so because those churches, you can watch that at any time. I mean, you can watch that Sunday evening. You can watch that Monday night. You can still feel connected with your home church and you can still be a part of that body of believers and you can still really feel like you're being even ministered to and the challenged and growing from that. But I wouldn't consider it an either or you don't have to choose between the two. Why not do both? Why not? (laughs) Why not engage in both? That's what my thing would be because you cannot, there is no substitute for the gathering of the body of believers. Mm. And if you want to really look at it, you can look at there's Hebrews chapter three talks about how we should exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest our hearts become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And that if we're not in fellowship, we're not encouraging each other, that sin is at our door. And and really we can fall into sin so easily if we don't have that accountability and that encouragement and that we don't have that blessing of watching other people walk with Jesus. So that's one. And then there's another text in Hebrews chapter 10 that talks about how we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is a matter of some, and so much more so as you see the day of the Lord approaching, that we can't neglect that, that it's so important to our spiritual well-being and health that we have to gather together with those believers. It's It's the way God prescribed it. If any one of you were alone all of the time, even if you're an absolute introvert, if you were alone all of the time, if you're on a deserted island just by yourself, you would spiritually suffer. And so much of this suffering is self-inflicted because we remove ourselves from fellowship we choose not to fellowship and there's really no excuse. It's, it's all on us. If yeah. we're in that, if we're in that place, we can get up out of our seats. We can move out. We can put ourselves maybe in a, and stretch ourselves in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation because God calls us to do this. And we know that when we show up at church, we're going to be encouraged by other people. But here's the thing. God is also expecting you. You have a responsibility to be at those services to challenge and encourage somebody else. Right. It's not all about a word. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Air yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Mic drop. Anyway, <laughs> Chris, as we wrap up our time together, could give an encouragement, maybe even a challenge to those who are just getting started with their faith on their own, apart from mom, apart from dad. They're in this space of college and career starting their life. What encouragement would you give them? What challenge would you give them? And especially with regard to what it is that we're talking about. Sure. Yeah. I think what good is it if you go away to school and you get a degree? And you graduate and you can make a lot of money if spiritually you're not whole when you're finished. Again, you have to put it, it you, you have to have your priorities in order. And I think that the top priority, th- these bodies of ours are temporal. Paul talks about this in, in Corinth, right? That these bodies are perishing, the inward man being renewed. And one day these bodies will be gone, but our spirit is going to live on forever. You need to make sure that you're tending to your spirit during these formative years, your college years, 
even more so than your education, even more so than making sure that you're, you're dieting properly, even more so <laughs> than you're making sure that you have a proper exercise routine. All of those things are, are physical. Yeah. Your spirit is so much more valuable than even your body. And yet it's the thing that we neglect the most, right? We look to those other things first and foremost, and we spend money on diets and gym memberships and exercise programs and all these routines. And spiritually, we're suffering, we're suffocating, we're starving ourselves. And how much better would it be for you to come out of your college years? And rather than being proud of your degree or what kind of maybe information you were able to retain and learn and what kind of maybe even career you're set up for, if you came out of college so spiritually on fire and strong for God, that it wouldn't matter what happened in the rest of your life because you know that you're close with Jesus. And that's what my desire would be for you as it would be for my own children. It's just that wherever they go, whatever they do, that they're drawing close to the Lord. And the only way that you can do that is by being in a body of believers that are going to encourage you and rally around you and cheer you on as you run your race. Awesome. Chris, once again, thank you so much, bro, for just coming in clutch and doing this podcast with me and being able to drop some pearls of wisdom on us. We appreciate it so much. Chris, if anyone wants to check you out and see like, who is this homeboy? What are some ways they can check out the church where you're at and maybe hear some of your sermons? What's the best way to connect with you? Yeah. So uh, we have a YouTube channel, Christ Community Church. We have a church app. That's probably the easiest way is just download our church app, which is CCCIV. And you can check it out that way. We have, we have a website, cccciv.org. We're on all of those digital platforms. We have a Vimeo channel. We have, through our church app, we actually have something called a daily drop where people from our church uh, do a three to five minute devotional that we post on there every weekday so that people can be fed a little bit of a devotion to start your morning outright. That's really fun to follow along with. All of the sermons are available online. We have our life group resources. So you can see the questions that people are going through in our life groups, which are all sermon-based. So all that's available through the church app, which is probably the best way to stay connected. Also social media, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. Very cool. Thank you again. I appreciate it. And guys, as always, all the information that Chris just dropped right now is going to be available in our show notes. So you can check that out, hit the link, and it'll take you exactly to Christ Community Church website. And you can check out Chris and all that he does and his church as well. Again, I thank you for joining me today and keep your questions coming. Everything that y'all want to know about church and walking with the Lord. And just like Chris said, sharing one of our verses here for our ministry, and that is that Titus 2, the older teaching the younger. So again, if everything you heard today was super helpful for you, maybe it'll be helpful for your friend. Don't forget to share us on your social media and tag strength, dignity, life. Also, if you haven't already follow and hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And once again, I invite you to check back with me next Tuesday, 7 PM California time so that you don't miss that episode. Again, this is your girl, April Ortiz challenging you to raise the standard on the culture and live out the word of God in every area of life. God bless you, friends. This is with April Ortiz. To learn more about the ministry and or become one of our financial partners, head over to our website, strengthdignitylife.com and check out our Instagram at strengthdignitylife.